from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast Practitioner Brief. Thank you all for tuning in this morning. If you're watching us live on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we see all the comments. I try to reply to every single one of them. If I can't during the show because I'm trying to keep it within time, I respond thereafter. So thank you all for being here and being part of the program this morning. Cyberhubpodcast.com. You can find all the latest content as well as on our YouTube channel at Cyberhub Podcast. Go and check it all out. We've got a packed show this morning. Sticking around with the ESXi ARGS uh, vulnerability that's been going on. SonicWall Chrome with a bunch of announcements. Uh, the Turkey earthquake abuse in full effect and someone jailbroke chat gbt yep that's actually happened um so all that on this morning's show and it's going to be packed so uh, let's get into the show but before we do um a tradition on the show if you're a first time listener if you're a first time viewer um i, I like to start the show with my double espresso and share a beverage with y'all uh, so join me in a coffee cup cheers a good double espresso this morning yep agreed agreed all right I broke the story last week, and it's just been getting worse as days go along. So the VMware ESXi ARGS ransomware attack is only increasing in capacity. On Friday, we were over the weekend, over 2,000 computers were um, um, attacked. Now we're at up to 3,800. So meaning from Friday to, to last night, we're at 3,800 servers that were compromised around the world in an ESXi ARGS ransomware attack. Currently, Shodan and Census show about 16 to 1800 hacked servers, but there's no indication that many impacted organizations have even started responding to the attacks or cleaning up their systems. Many of these are, as you can see here from the search, France, United States, Germany, Canada, and the Netherlands. Reuters, which conducted an analysis and determined that the victims include for Florida Supreme Court and universities in the US and Europe. Analysis of the file encrypting malware deployed in the attacks showed that it has targeted files associated with virtual machines. However, experts noticed that the ransomware mainly targets VM configuration files, and they didn't encrypt the flat files that store data, allowing some users to recover their data as well. Bleeping Computer did report on Wednesday that some victims may have been targeted with a new version of the malware, one with a different encryption process that involves encrypting more data and prevents the recovery of files. Until now, the ransomware did not encrypt the majority of data in large files, but the new version of the malware encrypts a far more significant amount of data in large files. This specific CVE that's being abused is something that was patched back in February of 2021, nearly two years ago, known as CVE 2021-219-74. So it's not a zero-day vulnerability. It's just a really unpatched um, um, vulnerability where the patch has been out for two years. Um, said it yesterday on the show, I'll say it again. It feels like Apache struts all over again in Equifax, only when it comes to malware. This, you know, the, the basics of security is the ability to address the foundational part of, an, of a great security program, which is vulnerability management. Your role is to be able to get rid of any threats and reduce the threat surface in anything that's simple. What I mean by simple is patching. Download a new software, open up a new, you know, that, uh, close down the system, upgrade the software, ensure everything operates, then deploy. Um, and, and we keep shooting ourselves in the foot 
with this continuously uh, by not patching these. There's a low ransomware demand, by the way, on these. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how this kind of plays out over the next few days. Um, but very, very, very fascinating. I'll, I'll, I'll follow up on the story on Monday um, and see you know, what's kind of happened from today over the weekend to Monday. SonicWall is warning web content filtering is broken on their Windows 11 22H2. SonicWall is warning customers of what, the, what it's describing as a limitation of the web content filtering features on Windows 11 version 22H2 systems. The capture the SonicWall's capture client is the company's Windows and Mac OS security solution with an EDR capability that can be managed using the company's cloud management console service. The feature allows to configure policies that allow or block access to various domains, IP addresses, enable web activity reporting for easier monitoring and throttle bandwidth. They've identified an inconsistency in the capture client Windows 3.7.6 and older clients on endpoints running Windows 11 version 22H2. According to the company, the result in web content filtering policies that enforce blocked categories are no longer effective on impacted endpoints. So... Since category-based blocking policies, which is critical in restricting access to malicious, illegal, or inappropriate web content, no longer work, users are now susceptible to potential security risks by enabling access to previously restricted domains and URL. The company says it's currently working on a fix for the issue, which should be made available with the release of Capture Client 3.7.7, and that should be available in eight short or long days, depending on how you view this. So you want to put in some mitigation if this is a tool you're using, um, try to go up. If, if, if you've got, try to get a device endpoint. So if you're using a cloud-based VPN product, you should be able to do web content filtering from there. Chrome 110 has now been released. It's patching 15 vulnerabilities. Of the externally reported bugs, three were rated high. These include a type of confusion flaw in the V8 engine, an inappropriate implementation issue uh, in full screen mode, and an out-of-bounds read vulnerability in the WebRTC. So there's that. Track to CVE 2023-069-06. The first of the security defect is described as heap corruption. It could be exploited remotely via crafted HTML page. So you want to update your Chrome. I'm not going to bore you with all the other vulnerabilities. Again, all the links are in the show notes or on our website at cyberhoppodcast.com. They're also on our uh, Cyberhop Podcast LinkedIn page. You can catch them there as well as on our Twitter page. So all is available there. Now, a cyber crime group is out and a recently identified financially motivated threat actor is targeting companies in the u.s and germany with custom malware which includes a screen logger it's using for reconnaissance they're being tracked by proofpoint as ta866 the adversary appears to have started in, in, in the infection campaign in october of last year it's continued into january of this year as part of the campaign proofpoint refer, refers to a screen time victims are targeted with malicious emails containing an attachment or a url that leads to the deployment of malware. In some cases, the, based on the attacker's assessment of the victim, post-exploitation activity may commence. So meaning they're wanting to go after worthy targets. And if you're not worthy, they're just going to pull out. In October and November of 2022, a small number of companies in the U.S. were targeted so with emails carrying publisher files attachments containing malicious macros. Uh, the attackers switched to using URLs leading to intended victims to publisher files containing macros or to JavaScript files. Some of the emails were seen carrying PDF attachments containing URLs to JavaScript files as well. 
after switching to URLs, the attackers also scaled the campaign, sending thousands or tens of thousands of malicious, malicious, <laughs> take two, malicious messages several times per week, targeting thousands of organizations. In January of 2023, the email volume increased even more, and the frequency of the attacks were reduced, though. The malicious links lead to a 404 TDS, a traffic distribution system that filters the traffic, redirects it to the JavaScript file, and then if it's ran, the malware is downloaded. They're using a screen shooter to take screenshots of the victim's screen, sending them to a server, and then from there, they're manually inspecting them, and they're using Wasabi seats to deploy additional payloads if the victim is deemed interesting, uh, such as the AHK bot, which too enters a loop to fetch additional components. And that's the scale of the attack. A smart attack by all means, and one that's worthy if you're in security operations to review, understand, and learn how to hunt for in your environment. PayPal and Twitter are being abused in Turkey relief donation scam. So first of all, I, I kicked off this week by, by really just sending out a lot of prayers and thoughts to the folks in Turkey and Syria. 16,000 lives as of this morning. Um, have been lost due to that devastating earthquake. Um, the images coming from there, if, if you haven't seen them, are heart-wrenching people being pulled out of rubble after surviving three days, two days un- under there. Uh, babies, um, elderly, um, definitely uh, touches your heart in, in more ways than one can imagine. And like anytime there's a disaster, there's also an, a, an opportunity for the uh, fraudsters for the criminals to go about and do their criminal activities. And so platforms like PayPal and Twitter have been on the rise. And this is something you'd expect PayPal uh, to be able to address. Um, It's not the first time this happens and it's not the first time they use PayPal, uh, but PayPal is inadequate in terms of ensuring that pages that are set up for relief funds are actual pages. and so um, they're driving people to these websites to donate money based on the genuine goodness of people who want to help um, others. So um, a PayPal spokesperson is saying that PayPal is used by over 500,000 legitimate charities and nonprofit organizations. Uh, PayPal teams are always working diligently to scrutinize and ban accounts, particularly in the wake of events like the earthquake in Turkey and Syria. So that donations go to intended causes. We encourage the community to flag. No, no, it's someone establishes this. You should have keywords in. You've got an activity. You know, th- this is back end stuff. It's cost of doing business when you want to be in the payment business. When I was in the payment business, there was stuff that we did to defend our customers, to protect our brand. That was the cost of doing business. To say that the community is responsible to flagging this is, is nonsense. Um, and PayPal knows better. This isn't the first time this happened. It's happened before, plenty of times before. And so um, PayPal's got to do better. PayPal's got to do better. So has Twitter. Twitter ought to be able to say anyone who's posting stuff, you should be able to examine the links, should be able to examine this. I mean, it's, it's, it's literally basic scripting uh, with just some thought into it to be able to do this and prevent people from giving their hard-earned money, hard-earned money to false charities when they're trying to help the most the people who are most vulnerable at that very moment, who've lost everything in their lives. Very frustrated by this, if you can't tell. Very, very 
frustrated. Uh, very frustrated. A jailbreak trick breaks chat GPT content safeguards and creates an alter ego named Dan willing to create content outside of its own content restriction controls. Users have already found a way to work around chat GPT's programming controls that restrict it from creating certain content deemed too violent, illegal, and more. The prompt called Dan do anything now uses chat GPT's token system against it. According to CNBC, the command creates a scenario for chat GPT. It can't resolve allowing Dan to bypass content restrictions. Although Dan isn't successful all the time, a subreddit devoted to the Dan prompt, its ability to work around chat GPT's content policies has already racked up over 200,000 subscribers, including yours truly. <laughs> Leave it up for people to go find a vulnerability in something that people have been naming uh, for the last so long. And this, by the way, is great to take into your technology conversation as practitioners, as people are looking how to leverage chat GBT in the business and go, well, wait a minute, there's this. How do we mitigate for these specific risks that already exist um, and then bring it to the business? And finally, Chris Ingalls is set to resign from his post as national cyber director next week. We talked about this back in December when we learned that uh, Chris Ingalls was expected to step down the now a date has been finalized for uh, the long dedicated public servant and, and cyber security, Chris Ingalls, um, whose last day will be February 15th. I'd say this on behalf of many of us here in the security, Chris Ingalls has been a resource, a friend, a um, voice um, on the federal side, uh, working diligently and hard on the private public relationship. His resignation and his shoes are going to be hard to fill. We hope the administration uh, has a long and difficult search in the uh, interim. Kimba Anis Walden will be uh, replacing and uh, acting as acting director until the White House nominates an official successor. The CyberSAR position was created as part of the National Defense Authorization Act. Chris Singles was the first in that position. And so we bid him farewell and thank him for his service um, as he... Uh, starts to uh, head to civilian life and welcome to civilian life, Mr. Ingalls. That's it for our show this morning, folks. We'll be back on Monday with a whole lot more. Thanks y'all for tuning in. Thanks for all your great comments. I promise I will be responding after the show here uh, to every single one of those. Um, make sure cyberpodcast.com, subscribe, follow us, and we'll be back on Monday, 9 a.m. live, 9 a.m. Eastern, live right here on YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Until then, great rest of your day. Great weekend and stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.